As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is Conversations with People Promoting Mental Health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. Okay. Welcome to Take a Breath with Joe and Tom. We don't have Tom today. Um, but, uh, take a breath is my favorite podcast. Uh, basically what we do on take a breath is we, um, dissect what it takes to, uh, grow businesses, um, really grow anything, take anything from zero to one, whether professional, personal, family, whatever it is, whatever you're trying to accomplish and build, hopefully this podcast can add value today. I have in my opinion, a very special guest, Zach Reisler. Um, Zach happens to be a family friend, but I would have him on the show regardless. I'd wanted to have him on the show. First of all, Zach, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. So, on, on, you know, you should know that on, on our podcast, we don't typically, uh, we don't typically have guests uh, unless they're special. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not telling you to feel special, but you're you're our yeah. second guest. The first the first guest was uh uh the head of engineering at Active Campaign. She's a, she went to Harvard. Like she, <laughs> yes, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I wanted to have Zach on. Zach's a very interesting guy. Um, very you know, first of all, he's a good person. Comes from one of my favorite families in existence. Um known him for a long time my wife has introduced me to their family and i've known zach since he was a, a baby really um and anyway zach aside from being 18 18 yeah 18 yep 18 years old he, he how many times have you how many companies have you started three two probably more than 10 at this point <laughs> Just okay. i mean i i know infuse it i want i want to hear about infuse it in a second but zach is 18 years old 
He is a digital marketer. He helps organizations with their SEO, with digital marketing, with, you know, getting eyeballs on their website. And, uh, you know, talk, I, I, I spoke with Zach a few weeks ago and I mean, I was very impressed with you and, um, you. yeah, man. I mean, I, I talk to people in their thirties and forties who, who are not, uh, you know, who I, and well, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to go there, but you're, 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 you're an impressive guy and I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're here. So, so welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah man. So, all right. So you're a senior in high school. What, like, you know, I know you're working for at least a couple companies right now. How, so you go to school, tell me about your day. What, what's your day like? Sure. So the days recently have been pretty busy. Um, it, I'll tell you what my day used to be like a week ago, and it kind of changed recently. But around the week ago, I'd wake up at 6.20 in the morning, and I would go get ready for school, go to school from around 7.25 to um, around 2 o'clock. And then right after 2 o'clock, I would go to my office job, um, which I worked at a local marketing agency from 2.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. And then I'd usually have a sales call or just an internal call or two afterwards and then I'd also try and fit in the gym and by that point I come home and it's 8 p.m dinner served and time to go to bed and repeat the process so it was really tough for me to you know find time to learn find time to read books and, and grow and like grow my knowledge I was really spending a lot of time in the operations of things um, as you might know so my weekends were always for learning and just sitting down relaxing picking up a book taking down notes on certain videos and stuff um so Weekends were definitely really productive and I tried to jam a lot. Now it's a little easier. The second semester started. I get to leave school now at 12.30 um, p.m. and go to my office job from 12.30 to around 3.45 p.m. And then I can go home and fit more things in during the day. But it's still quite busy now. Are you able to be social? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially during the weekends, too. I always hang out with friends during Good. the weekends. So it's great. During Good. the weekdays, it's Unless, I mean, I usually go to the gym with some friends, so that's sort of my socialization. And school, I also count as my socialization. But um, during the weekends, always just getting together with a group of friends, playing some football or some basketball, you know, just uh, really making sure I have that time to, to stay social. You know, um, uh, it, I wasn't I, – I, there are lessons that I've learned throughout the years. Uh, mm -hmm. And, like, I'll tell my kids – or any kid, if they go to college, um, to have a relationship with the professor, like office hours. But what I would tell you also is, uh, and throughout your career, um, networking, you know, I would, I would not, um, shun networking groups. I have like, like I did for years and I, I've, you know, in the last, I would say seven or eight years, I, I've, I've really made it, um, a conscious effort to join uh, different networking groups. And it, I, I just, you know, I can't, I can't talk about it enough. So just that's, that's one thing I would, I would keep up. Do you belong to any network work, working groups? Actually, I actually just joined um, a couple, especially in the agency yeah. space, which is all just agency owners that go and we share issues together. We have weekly calls. So usually I set time aside to, to do those, but I really want to make it a priority of mine to do a lot of in-person networking things too, which I really haven't gotten to yet. I don't know if you're doing it mainly online or in person, but um, I, I would be in person. 
in person. Yeah, that's that's what I want to get into soon. But for now, it's online, like, and I'm only yeah. in like one or two. It's an effort, you know. But you know, yes. I, it. But like, I forget who said it. Uh, but you know, ninety percent of success in life is just showing up. Mm-hmm. And like, I went to a networking lunch. I didn't feel well. I, I went on Friday. Like, I didn't feel great, and I was like, ah, you know, I could easily just stay home. And I pushed myself to go. And I've spent the last three days setting up meetings from that one lunch. Like it, it was business card after business card. And I was the whole time. I'm like, I can't believe I almost didn't come here. And it's just so anyway, networking aspect. And, you know, it's a good way to, to not only just meet new people, but learn, like you said, uh, learn what's going on in the industry. Um, you never know the relationships that you make now that down the line, I mean, you're 18 years old. So like the people you are meeting now, they're going to go on to be CEOs, to be, you know, all sorts of important people. And they're going to remember you. I mean, first of all, you're a memorable guy, but, uh, networking now is always, but especially now is, is, is certainly important. You mentioned you read some books. Do you have a favorite business book that made an impact on your life or? I just I just picked up this new book which I've been reading for the past couple of weeks which has been amazing. I've been struggling to sell mainly especially to the prospects. Um I'd come on sales calls. I don't think I would ask enough questions or or grab them emotionally enough. So for me that was something that I wanted to improve for 2024 almost a new year's resolution of sorts. All right, I need to improve like the selling aspect of my business cuz I'm not amazing at it and I know that and I just want to learn as much as possible about it. So I picked up this book called Spin Selling and just an amazing. Like, I read it. it was you read it, yeah. Of course. It yeah. was it's just it's such a great read. Just the amount of questions that you can ask to pull people different directions. I mean, it's really, really interesting. So I've been taking a lot of notes and I've I've really enjoyed that. Spin selling is good. Conceptual selling, I think, is another one. Um for a guy like you, uh zero to one. Um, by Peter Thiel. I mean, I'm I'm not political, I'm, you know, but he, Peter Thiel taught a um, a, uh, a a course in Stanford, and one of his students took notes of the course, and it's called Zero to One. It's an amazing uh, book for anyone who's trying to get something from nothing to something. So I would definitely read that. And the other one is Nail It Then Scale It. Um, is a great one, and Crossing the Chasm yeah, is a great one. Um, anyway, uh, we could talk about that offline. What about podcasts? Do you, I mean, I know you've been on podcasts a bunch of times. Do you, what, who do you listen to? I, I don't listen to as many podcasts as I'd like just mm-hmm. because I haven't really like found great ones. I really like looking into like individual problems that I'm currently having and researching videos around that That's and true. going by reputable people, like, uh, just different marketers, different, different things that I'm having issues with, but there, there hasn't really been a podcast, I would say, that I've just kind of put on weekly, um, the weekly episode. It's it's really been tough for me to, for, for me to find someone to that I resonate with just to put in the background, but it's something I'd love to get into just listening to podcasts during my day-to-day stuff. But usually yeah. for me, it's more of the individual video side of things. I really, I really like that and just getting information that way, um, especially for my generation too, because it's what I grew up with, YouTube, being able to search things up and just being able to get quick five to 10 minute explainers on certain things. Um, for me, it's just been really helpful even now where I'm at right now, where I'm still looking up things and I still need help with certain things. Sometimes that's kind of the best way for me to at least grab some information, but it is something that I want to get into just 
getting a podcast from like one or two people a week, you know, just listening to that. And it's something that I see would be pretty valuable. Yeah. I love the long form because like, you know, you, when, when you watch interviews on regular TV anyway, and they're like five minute, you know, and then there's a commercial break and that it's just not a real conversation. So I, I like the long form and there are a lot of good podcasts about stuff in your industry. And I, I would recommend stuff listening to podcasts that aren't in your industry. It's good to be well-rounded. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of financial podcasts, but uh, um, which, which has a lot of technology intertwined in it. Cause I mean, the, the successful stocks at the moment tend to be uh, <laughs> technology related. Um, but yeah. so you're, you're, you're a senior in high school. What are your Correct. plans following high school? So it's it's the question I get asked a lot because I, I am taking a different path than a lot of other high schoolers. Um, I didn't see the value in college freshman year of high school, which, um, I mean, kind of got me into a couple of small arguments with my um, parents, but they, they start to understand the business and, and, you know, that was generating revenue and that I would, I would really work hard for something like this over the course of these four years to the point now where my dad is, is pretty happy where I'm at and he, he likes the path, but what I'm doing after high school, I, I think it's better to tell you more so what I'm doing during spring break. And maybe that can kind of give ever, the audience an idea of, of what I'll do after high school. But yeah. I'm fully funding a trip um, and taking my friend along too. And we are going to Iceland, Finland, Estonia, and Latvia over spring break, just my friend and I. And we're um, the thing about these countries, and um, especially Finland and Estonia, Tallinn and Helsinki, the capital cities, they're extremely big startup hubs. And, um, you know, prior to the Soviet Union occupation or post-Soviet Union occupation, they've really gotten a lot of traction, especially throughout the world, especially a city like Tom, Estonia, where everything's completely digital and online. You can get married in two, two clicks. You can pay your taxes in two clicks. You can vote in two clicks. It's really a cool society that prioritizes, um, you know, the online visibility. And then on top of that, they've had startups like Bolt, Skype, Wise, et cetera, like just in Tallinn alone. And it's such a small country. It really grabbed my attention from a business perspective and also a travel perspective. So I told my best friend, let's pack our bags and let's go there over spring break. And uh, my business currently allows me to work remotely in some of these places. Mm-hmm. So what I do, what I like to do now is do these little test trips to different nations and, and kind of see where I fit best, where I'm able to connect the best with certain individuals and from there, um, after high school, it's going to be mainly me solo going around in these different cities, making friends, making connections, and growing different foundations and different bases in these different cities. So it's it's really something that I prioritize the travel aspect too. So I love travel and I love business. And I want to find a way in the next five or six years to combine them both. That's fantastic, dude. Um, why do you think those countries in that area like you know um i read a book another great book that you should read called startup nation um but it's about it's about why israel has like so much cybersecurity and like so much of those technology companies the reason is is because they have threats everywhere and they they can't do a lot of business outside so they you know they're they're an entrepreneurial by nature because they have no choice and they have a lot mm-hmm. of cybersecurity because people are always trying to hack into their, you know, and there are defense companies because they have to defend themselves. 
So that to me makes a lot of sense. Um, but why, why do you think the, like, um, you know, Iceland, Finland, Estonia, why, why, why is that such a technology hub? It's, it's really interesting you say that because um, I think it, it started from back, you have to trace it all the way back to the Soviet Union. I'm a history nerd too. So I like, I like looking at these things in a different perspective, but these places were Soviet occupied. So it was all one system where um, not Finland necessarily, but mainly Estonia, Soviet occupied. So there's one system you would make money. Um, you wouldn't make money a certain way. It would, it would, it's just full on communism. But once that left, there was such an entrepreneurial start because it was such a tough economy. You know, it was tough to get jobs. People actually could start their own business these days and, and sell what they wanted and, and create what they wanted. And when you kind of look at the timeline of things, when the Soviet Union collapsed, it started, it's also when the tech boom started to go up too. So there's almost an intervention in between there where an economy like Tallinn um, started to focus more on tech things too, especially when they were trying to open up internationally. They didn't have too much value to provide other than their beautiful nature and their historic capital city. So they they thought to themselves, how can we prop up these founders and make it economically suitable for these people to start up in our country? And so different policies in the government and different things like that, and also uh, startups in the country um, itself, they started amazing companies like Skype, which you know some people use today. Wise, yes, which I a think lot it's of Microsoft on Skype. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Skype was created in Tallinn and Bolt, which is the, the second or third biggest rideshare company in the entire world. It's I used it back when I was traveling in Europe, but it services all of Europe, all of Eastern Europe. And now it's investing really heavily into Africa right now. That was completely created in Tallinn from an Estonian founder. So it's really cool to see like um, how these people were brought up because the Soviet Union collapsed along with the tech boom. It just kind of created an, an ecosystem that that made it a tech hub, and I kind of want to investigate that in person too. So that's, so that's when I, I like when I uh, that's awesome. When I graduated college, um, I went for two months. I backpacked across, you know, I went all over Europe, and one of the places I went yeah. to um, was Prague in Czechoslovakia, and it was right mm-hmm. after. Um, you know, the the fall of communism there as well. And I remember walking the streets and every, uh, you know, person from Prague had an ice cream cone because that that was the first time they had ice cream. (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah. Everybody had ice cream. And I'm like, what is the deal with ice cream? And somebody told me, like, yeah, when it was communism, they didn't have ice cream here. And now they're, you know, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But so here's my thoughts um, on college. So um, the return on the investment of college is, you know, depending upon for for the majority, I would say um, it's not great. You know, it's why do you go to college? You go to college, in my opinion, to network. Yes. Um, and to learn, uh, you know, about whatever it is you're going to, you know, learn how to learn, uh, learn how to be dependable, that type of thing. My opinion is you don't have to go into $100,000 worth of debt to network and to learn how to be a responsible person that could have a career and be an employee or employer. 
I'm not against education. I'm very much, you know, like that's ridiculous. How can you say I'm against education? I'm just, I, I think the college system has become scam. And I, you know, I, like I, you know, I see a lot of myself in, in, in you. Like, I, I don't think I needed to go to college to do what I do today. Um, and, yeah. you know, so anyway, and, and you're young enough where if you find something that you want to learn more about, you can go to college in <laughs> time. So I think exactly. you're doing, yeah, I think you're doing, but, the, but keep the networking aspect in mind. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, like. I just, I find it so interesting that I, I talked to some coworkers, even at, at the corporate office I, I work with, and they, they just graduated college with marketing degrees and, and, you know, the, the full piece of paper that, that allows you, that's supposed to be your entry into the corporate world. Um, she was so excited to basically um, get like, like this job at, at this marketing firm, um, which is definitely a starting job, but you know, you work your way up and, and things mm-hmm. like this she was so excited, which I mean, I'm thrilled for her too. Like it's, it's awesome to get a job right after college, but the the university itself is filming her like, Hey, she got a job right out of this university, et cetera. And I talked to her more about it. And she says, I have like around like 50 to a hundred friends who have all applied for jobs and, and they, they've barely gotten any responses for the past two years. I'm like one of the only people in my entire friend group or my entire college circle that's been able to get a job like this. And for me, that just completely just shocked me because I started to see the value in, you know, actually pursuing real life experiences in the workforce rather than college, because I was able to go into this office and give some of my testimonials and some of my real life work experience. And they perceived that as more valuable than the degree. And that was like firsthand experience for me being like, man, I, I really don't need this if I'm able to figure out how to network with these people online or in person in other ways so i mean years um, ago people would do apprenticeships you know they would have mentors um you know one of the things that you know the way i grew up and the way you grew up too probably um but the idea of like plumbers electricians welders these guys are in and people are in such demand right now we were brought up to go to college, become a lawyer, become a doctor, you know, like there's a, there was a certain path that we're supposed to go on. And that's, that path is, is it, it doesn't, it, it, like you said, I mean, your, your, your friends, uh, you know, probably did well in college. They probably have debt yeah. a lot, most of them from college and they can't even get a job. I mean, yeah. what's the, uh, what was the, yeah, like. And also the question I kind of like to ask myself now, especially now that we're in the year 2024, it's how does AI affect all of this? Um, how does AI affect the workplace um, and, and different things like that? And yeah, sure, we might have um, a crappy chat GPT that we have access to right now, but the difference is going to come in the next few years when when these AI systems that are really good, like surpass human intelligence, start to come out and be available for public use. How do companies change their hiring? How does education be perceived as valuable? And, you know, college is um, a lot of memorization, you know, and I I feel like AI is going to have a shift in that. So I feel like we're going to see a big shift in in a lot of this stuff. We're kind of already seeing the initial phases of it now, just how tough the job market is right now and and things of that nature. But 
when AI gets involved, I mean, who knows where this can all go. So yeah. I'm, I'm just I mean, to... I really thought that this was going to happen 20 years ago. I mean, I've been talking about how the, that, you know, how college, the, the model was not sustainable for yeah. forever. And I, I can't believe it's gone on as long as it has. And like, you know, again, I'm dating myself. So, but like Howard Stern, you know, Howard Stern is. Yeah, of course. Okay. My dad loves yeah. You never know these days. Um, so, you know, he used to be on the radio when he made the jump to Sirius satellite radio that legitimized Sirius satellite radio, right? Like, like Elon Musk has, has come out and said, I don't care where these people go to college. I, I, I have my own tests that I give them, mm -hmm. you know? And so yeah. we need people like Microsoft, Google, other reputable institutions that say, we don't care if you went to Stanford. We, we have our own, like, we don't care. So when that mm -hmm. happens, the value of a piece of paper from those institutions goes down. And again, it's just taking longer than I thought. I mean, now I'm, I'm glad that the conversation is, is happening. And I, I think you're a maverick, really. Uh, I, think, I think you are, I think m many more people, especially if you become ultra successful, <laughs> people are going to be like, fuck college, you know, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice too. Cause, cause I see it right now. I, I hop on a lot of sales calls. Like I probably was on six or seven this week alone, like just this week, uh, Monday through Thursday, but I talk to a lot of different, you know, entrepreneurs and founders. It's the people who I work with and, um, they don't ask me about a degree. They ask me how old I am and they're extremely impressed. And, and it's almost like an, a benefit too. I, I like to show my, my real life experience and, and they perceive that as way more valuable than, than the degree. So yeah, I, I guess the system is definitely a little bit outdated. I still see value in it though, for a lot of different majors. Of course. But I think the difference mainly comes when you're doing something just really broad, like in the business field, and, and you're going to go and, and get yourself in debt for a broad degree, which you might never use. So I think um, the duration maybe should be, uh, you know, two years instead of four years. It's just, it just delays everything mm -hmm. and exactly. you know i just i it's a, it's an excuse to still be a kid which is fine but like it's an excuse to you know i was one of the lucky ones like i almost think kids should be forced to also work and go to college because i my parents paid for my education so i didn't take it as seriously um mm -hmm. as someone who has actual skin in the game like, i just you know like and i was one of the lucky ones but you know, when, when you are tasked to pay for something, you also take it more seriously. Like I, I remember I had friends who were waiters and waitresses during college. And I, I, you know, I was always like amazed and they took college more serious than all of us who were just partying. And, you know, I joined a fraternity. I mean, it was great. Look, and I've done business with people from college. It was a great experience. It was a good networking thing, but I'm just saying you could do that in other ways you know for me yeah so in our world everyone goes to sleepaway camp right you know i'm from long island <laughs> okay um so but i didn't send my kids to sleepaway camp i i live you you know where i live i mean i know you haven't been here in a while but it, it's a special place i live in a lake you know it's a community there's a beach you know there's a camp these kids have the greatest summers and independence and like, but my family are like, I can't believe you're not sending your kid to sleepaway camp. And I'm like, what, what, what did your kid, like, I, I you know, it, it was this great, I'm not saying it wasn't great, but like, 
There are other ways to have great experiences, not just what we've been programmed. Okay, you have kids. Of course, they have to go to camp. It doesn't have to be of course. And it doesn't have to be of course that you're going to a, a university if you're a, a, a success. Think about all the, first of all, think about all the successful entrepreneurs who dropped out of college. You know, yeah. Harvard, for example, um, you know, uh, whether it's Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the woman I was talking about earlier, she was, she, uh, Livy Wong, uh, yeah. you know, so anyway, wow. I, I just, I, I, I think, I think you're on the, on the right path. And, um, I wouldn't say that actually, if I didn't, I mean, you're, you have it together, uh, in a lot of ways, you're well beyond your years. What you need to be careful about is you are young still, and you will be for a while, okay? And just don't forget that. Uh, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to be. Uh, you know, uh, a, a, you know, a certain type. Like you could still have fun, even though you're exactly. building. So I want to learn about. Uh, I, I want to hear the story about infusing. Sure, I, I I'd love to tell the story about infusing because it's it's how I got into entrepreneurship um in general so i started infuse it right when covid came around so it was a time when everyone was locked in their house with nothing really to do and uh well, hold on you're 18 time, so you were 14 i was 14 yes um and i was just graduating from eighth grade going into high school so it was definitely a weird transition covid i was going into high school i didn't really know what i wanted to do all of my friends were just playing video games which i was doing of course but uh I I definitely thought that I could make value of, of this time. I saw this model going around. It was called drop shipping, and uh, it's it still works to this day. Um, in some ways, it's very over. It's a very oversaturated business model that a lot of people mess up in terms of like logistics and stuff. But that's a separate conversation. And I was using it as my first business model just because of the low startup costs and it was easy. I found a product that. I've really, really enjoyed using. It was called the Infuse It Bottle. And essentially, it was a water bottle that um, you could put fruit in the bottom of it and you could squeeze um, the fruit with the cup itself and pour water and ice into it, shake it up, and you have your own natural, like orange flavored water or strawberry flavored water. And it was really, really awesome to, you know, go and be able to drink that healthy water and, you know, show it to my friends. So I built a website around it and promoted it in my local community. And I was able to make like $700 in a few days from, from that in revenue. But uh, it was still, because I've never seen money like that before. I'm a 14-year-old kid. Each dollar was Amazing. valuable for me at the time. This was pre-COVID inflation. So that's um, a yeah, it was right there. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was really, it was really awesome. And I kept marketing it through social media um, creating different sales, learning more about the marketing process. Just by creating my own business, I was able to learn like so many marketing skills, which was- Do you so remember great. the most important thing you learned from that business? From my business? Yeah, I do. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that um, in a second because yeah. after the success of it, I um, probably made around 1500 to $2,000 with the business. And I decided to reinvest all that money into my own inventory because I really wanted my own inventory or the business itself. Um, so I can go and sell these products and kind of beat out the um, other supplier that's that was fulfilling my orders. I can have a higher profitability. So I spent $1,500 on 500 of these water bottle units. And all of a sudden, 
there was dust. Nothing was going. There was no movement of the product. It was really difficult to sell the 500 water bottles. And I realized it was not a great idea to make such an impulse decision like that to go and buy in bulk when all of my sales were just from friends and family. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I had no other down source of, of sales. So I had 500 water bottles sitting in my garage for a little bit until I made a viral video um, on TikTok. I got, I want to say around 14 million views on one of the Infuse It Bottle videos, Wow, which was really crazy. Yeah. And it had like almost 950,000 likes, thousands of comments. I mean, spend all day replying to comments and we would get, you know, a decent amount of our water bottles were sold. I also made a big mistake. My international orders were turned off for around 10 million of those views. Oh my God. That, and most of the millions of views were targeted in international areas like Europe and, and Asia and things like that. I could have been, you know, charging extra shipping, but shipping the water bottles over to that part of the world. But I was really only taking advantage of the few Americans who were, who were watching the video. So my international orders were turned off. I was like, why is this not convert? I'm getting all these website visitors, but this isn't converting. And, you know, 15, 16 year old me at the time figured out 10 million views in like, oh yeah, international orders have been turned off this entire time. So um, that's amazing. just like, what, what was so great? Why, why'd you get 10, like all those views on? Uh, I, it was, it's just all, it's all about lighting. Like I always have these lights in my calls, but um, when you're filming products, like I like lighting a lot. There's definitely definitely trending audio that um, you're able to use, and it's all about analyzing recent trends. So always scrolling, picking apart videos. What makes this go viral and why? Like, is it the text? Is it the sound? Is it how short it is, etc. So all it was was me pouring a little bit of you know showing the tutorial process with like a little story in the background, and it got tons of views. So um, that definitely taught me you know my first big lesson. That was my first big. Uh, you know, going viral moment of my life. And it was, it was really, really interesting for me. And I was able to take those same skill sets and do it for software companies um, like, like Blue Willow, which I started and get like, oh, you know, a hundred thousand views again. So like, it it was a skill set that I was able to repeat and hopefully be able to repeat in perpetuity as I I keep learning. That right there could be a business. Mm -hmm. Um, How to get eyeballs on videos. I mean, people would want to, would want to learn about that. Um, we are coming close to the end, but uh, sure. typically at the end of um, our our podcast, Tom and I, we do recommendations. Doesn't have mm. to be about business. It could be about it. It could be a movie. It could be music. It could be a country like Estonia. <laughs> do you have any recommendations for our listeners to check out? Recent recommendation? I blindsided you. I tip it. I, I should have warned you. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not too sure, really. I, there's a lot of things I can definitely, you know, spit out right now. I've been like trying to educate myself as much as possible in the travel space. So that's probably where I'm pretty well versed in right nice. now. But I really just recommend going on YouTube if you have like, you know, like maybe 30, 40 minutes and looking at a random place on the map and just looking it up on YouTube and checking out a video and seeing what that place is, is like on the ground. Because for me, I've found that those types of videos have been so valuable and just sharing to me what the rest of the world looks like. I mean, you'll see it on maps. You can see it like, you know, when you're in history class or, um, you know, just, just learning about or seeing the news titles, seeing the country name. But when you're able to go and, and look it up on YouTube and, and see what life is like on the ground there, 
that for me is um, a pretty cool experience, just being able to watch that on your own couch and see someone else exploring a cool place. That's a great, that's a great recommendation, Zach. Um, I, uh, I have a recommendation. I've been watching uh, True Detective, the new one. I don't know. True I mean, that's, yeah, yeah the, there's a new one um, that's really good with Jodie Foster. I, I recommend that. But uh, I recommend that my, my viewers learn more about Zach. And Zach is the future. And I think you're a great person. Um, I, I was just having this conversation earlier. This is the wisdom. My, my kids tell me I turn everything into a lesson. I can't help it. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I would attribute most of my success to yeah. being honest, communication, even when things go bad. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to keep those those lines of community, especially when things go bad, communicate uh, and s properly set expectations and follow up with people. Uh, if you do those things, you, you know, you said you, you can't sell. I mean, you can. Number one, <laughs> you have everything yeah. that, that any salesperson would love to have. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but just remember to always be honest, uh, treat yeah. people with respect and follow up set expectations and uh i i i think the the world of you and i hope uh, i i i hope we do some business together in some capacity and uh i hope you come back on the show and um yeah anyway. i would love to and, yeah uh, no this has been it's been awesome talking to you and thanks yeah. for the recommendations honestly a lot of people these days especially the new entrepreneurs they're they're tempted with the quick money no. but in reality that's not what it is you know Play it's all about game. going yeah, playing the long game might be harder to make money. Um, it might take a lot of years, but you yes. know that's that's most valuable. It's going to be the most consistent, and you're not cheating any, anyone. You're living an authentic life, and that's what I'm all about. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> couldn't have said that better. Uh, that's a good. That's a good way to end it, Zach. Um, say hello to your family for me, and oh, uh, yeah, I'll. Uh, so just so you know, um, this is going to be on Spotify, Apple, Amazon some other places, the full one. And then I chop them up. You know what I do. I, I chop yeah. them up and put them on LinkedIn and our website and everything. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll tag you and everything, but uh, Great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you for awesome. coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was great. All right, Take care. Okay. Yep. Talk soon. All right. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.